Welcome to The Power of Me, creating meaningful success for female leaders who already have achieved success, but still suffer from self-doubt, comparison, competition, and are looking to transform their mindset. Here's your host, Tracy Crossley. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Power of Me. I know there's an intro, but sometimes I'm in the mood to make it a little more exciting. Okay, so this is the week of December 5th, and we are talking about women versus women. Who wants to admit it? Sounds like a National Enquirer headline, but it's really not. It's more so about how society pits women against each other. And I don't mean this as you're a victim and there's a persecutor. It's not like that. What it really is, is it's unconscious, I believe, on a certain level. So walking in the building, the sign on the door said, Lisa Smith, producer. You are trying to get a leg up in the industry, let's say the entertainment industry, right? Because producer. So you feel this white hot envy flowing through your body. And yet you don't even want to admit that because who the hell wants to admit that, right? But it's the feeling if you're honest with yourself and you're looking for connections. And what happens is we immediately go into discounting this woman who's successful. We discount women on, let's say, LinkedIn who are super successful. Oh my God, they don't want to talk to me. I'm not good enough or interesting enough or anything really. And I always find it interesting because I've had these conversations with myself in the past. I've had conversations where I think, oh my God, who do you think you are, Tracy? What do you think you're doing? And most of us don't realize we have that background noise. Sometimes we do like walking into a building and seeing somebody with the producer title that we want, right? And we are going, oh my God, why am I feeling, right? Because we're feeling the sensation of envy going through our body. So the bottom line really is you may not even exude this, but it's your mind and it's that trash talk in your mind. And for me, like I didn't realize for a long time how bad I was until I realized I sized up almost every woman whose path I crossed, literally judging better, worse, <laughs> you know, is she smart enough? Is she not smart enough? Like I looked for problems. I looked for the little things. Did she measure up? Did she get lucky? What makes her deserving? I wish I worked there. Maybe if I go back to school and get 50,000 other degrees, literally I've had clients who felt they needed to go get a third or fourth or fifth degree. I am not kidding. And that was because they kept feeling they were missing out on what they really wanted. And they felt if they went back to school, they would get it. But that's not the point. The point is, it's this kind of thinking that gets in the way. Because, oh, I've got to go back and get another degree because then I'll have what she does. Well, not necessarily unless she's a rocket scientist. But it was very ugly in my head so I don't know how you're feeling right now, because this takes a lot of honesty, right? It takes a lot of insight into what really goes on inside of us. And I could always find a way to separate myself. Even when I had stellar clients in corporate, it did not matter. I was not them. I was not living that life. And I always looked at clients going, God, look at the life they lead without really knowing their life, right? It didn't matter because 
I felt separate. I was not the client doing that. I was not valuable enough to do that in my own mind. And my actions supported it. Maybe not to other people, but to myself, it kept me small. You know, I remember when my client at 20th Century Fox said, Tracy, you couldn't work here because you would hate it because it's corporate. And they were a client of mine for a long time. And she said, you belong doing something else, like what you're doing outside of this. That's great. But, you know, because we were having a conversation about what it's like to work there. And that's what she was saying. And at the time, I wasn't mad or, or anything like that. But it just went along with the story in my head of like, oh, yeah, I don't fit into corporate. I'm not really a good corporate person, even though I had corporate positions after that. It was at that time I felt I was missing something. And so that also made me size other women up because, well, what are they doing different? How did they get there? Why are they special? Oh, that's right. I'm missing that component that would make me good enough for that. Literally. So let's get into this, right? (laughs) Okay. So it dawned on me recently in business, I have had not necessarily as clients, because I've had far more females as clients, at least in my business at this point, over the last 15 years. But prior in other incarnations, I always had more male connections than females. And I know why, because the years I spent in corporate and having my own marketing business, I interfaced with men a lot more than women at higher levels. And that's because there were more men at higher levels. But it's not to say that there wasn't any women but definitely less back when I was in corporate. I mean, I've had my own business for 15 years, so I've been out of the corporate world for that long. And it was just easier for me to approach them because I learned how to work with men at a young age, right? When I was in my 20s or my teens, I always had male bosses. And even when I was a teenager, personally, I always had a lot more male friends. It was easier to me because... (laughs) thought that, you know, you can have male friends who just want to be your friend. Ha ha. Right. But for me, I felt that guys were more easygoing because they joke around and they'd act like boys around each other. And I was having fun being the chick, you know, the only girl hanging out with the guys. And I think for me, I brought that into my world of, okay, guys are easier. Even though I had female friends when I was a teenager and I also had peers at work that were female and they would be my friends too, but I never really followed up beyond that. And I always felt like with the guys, I could just be myself because we weren't listening to gossip because I never liked gossip, Uh, you know, doing a lot of those kind of things where you're wondering, is this person my friend today, but not tomorrow kind of a deal. I just never really knew how to navigate friendships. And I'm not saying you guys know or don't know because That may play into it, but it's really our society kind of sets us up against each other in a way that we, again, unconsciously may not be aware of. So as outgoing as I appeared at work, of course, people didn't realize that I was more introverted and that was fine. And so when I would meet women who were in power, I seemed to meet women who were not just, let's say, a connection like, oh, you're you're at my level. We're both VPs or whatever. And to me, it was just more competition and comparison 
on one or both of our parts. And I really didn't realize this till recently when I was sitting there reflecting upon it. And I realized how much that goes on. And I've done so much research on this. And it's just crazy how much we still do this. And it leads us to the self-doubt, right? Because for me, I automatically believed I was being judged. Even if I wasn't, it was in my head. Well, she's judging me. She's sizing me up. I've got to size her up. That was sort of the unconscious conversation in the back of my head. And it's a truth, of course, I don't like to admit. In fact, I don't even like admitting any of this stuff on this podcast today, but I think it's important. So the deal is I had every negative thought about myself projected onto a woman as though she knew my fatal flaw. No blame, just an observation of my own insecurities, right? Like she's looking at me in a certain way. Uh Oh, she already knows I'm a loser. I mean, seriously, and I'm not a loser. I wasn't a loser on any level, but that old talk was there. But if I felt like I asked a guy, I had a better chance of getting what I wanted, or at least someone who would be responsive in business. So I must not be the only one who sees a lot of lip services put toward women joining together. But but are they? Are women really joining together? You know, I hear of organizations where there's a lot of infighting with women against women, not all organizations, by the way, but a lot of them. You know, when there's not more of a mix of men in there, there's the old gossipy stuff, right? There's the old ways of being that just come up and I want it to stop. And I'm sure you guys listening want it to stop. Even if you're not doing it, you're observing it and you're like, ah, I don't want this to keep going. So what the thing is, is that women want to be or need to be curious enough to find out what's going on inside of them, because that's what motivates you towards your actions, toward how you connect or disconnect. So I believe women can and should come together. And I believe the only reason they wouldn't would be insecurities and all the excuses we apply. I know most leaders like myself are uber busy, but I also know there's a desire to meet at that level of openness, that truthfulness, that curiosity, connection, and moving up and forward. So is this a problem? or I should say problems. Well, women coming together without judgment or feeling competition, it's a tall order. And I don't mean to get political, but she's such a polarizing figure. You think of Hillary Clinton and people go one direction or another, right? There is judgment in so many places. And I brought her up on purpose because people feel a sense of she is either well-liked or she's hated no in between really. Right. And it's interesting how a lot of women feel towards her. I'm not even talking about men. I'm talking about women because rather than being honest, okay, is big deal when it's, well, why do I hate somebody? I don't know. Or why do I love somebody? I don't know. Right. Where does my judgment come in? And that's what you want to look at. Cause being honest, rather than I love women and then you blow them off, doesn't help them in whatever way you can, it's a problem. It becomes a competition. It's as old as time. None of us wants to be the hag, excuse me, that is tossed out the front door and being replaced with the younger, less haggish woman. When you feel scarcity as your driver and there's not enough opportunity for all of us, you're going to feel like, okay, women aren't supportive in ways that matter and only in ways that might look good. In fact, you may sit on your heads, okay? Seriously, imagine sitting on your own head for a second. (laughs) I have to add some humor in here, ladies. If you feel they're a threat, if you feel someone's a threat, it's going to interrupt whatever you're doing 
and it's going to sidetrack you. So it's going to take you off your game. And this is a problem if women are going to rule the world. I say it a bit facetiously, but I mean it in terms of how, if there are such small numbers at the level of CEO, are we making a difference? 21% of women CEOs in the United States, people. We need to look and we need to learn there is enough pie for everyone. We need to come from abundance and not scarcity. Only a few women get this. No, we can all have it. We all can have it. We need to get past ourselves, though. We have to learn to approach this in a way where we stop being our own problem, meaning society is an issue with its bias, as I've mentioned, but we are one too when it comes to our willingness to do more. I support women's shelters. I volunteer to help. Great. What about your peers or up-and-comers? What are you doing? You do not have to do the heavy lifting. You need to open the door so they can come through without judgment, even if they still are in a place of judgment. I feel we can educate women in a way, you know, peers and people that are, let's say, up and coming in a way that makes them know abundance rather than scarcity. Because when there's scarcity, there's only enough for you. Well, I want part of what you have, so I'm going to take it from you or I have to take it from you. It's not just going to come on my merit or whatever, right? We have these things going on again in our minds because we don't feel we're enough, we're good enough, we should have on some level. And these are old beliefs. These come from childhood. And if you look back, you can see how they're sort of like a tree gone wrong, okay? Like I imagine a tree with the different branches and the branches are insecurities based off of a negative belief. Okay, so wake up statement. It's not about being charitable. It's about being confident enough to hold the door open for others and not let the door hit you or the other women in the ass. You like that? I like that. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm sharing a lot about myself today because I felt like when I was putting this outline together, I felt like I really needed to share because it would be helpful to other women. So like I said in the intro, I was insecure coming off as a very tough kind of chick. <laughs> I kind of laugh. I had a very Teflon exterior. I thought I was deeply flawed and always felt other women were better unless I was their boss. I was a person who didn't get my bachelor's degree um, until I was already a vice president. Okay. I got up the corporate ladder and I really felt that insecurity because I would compare myself with people who had degrees and I didn't have a degree. Okay. But I still won positions from people who were more qualified than I was, at least on paper. So I felt with men, no one would find out that I felt this deep flaw. And with women, I figured they would see me as inauthentic and totally wrong for whatever I did because I felt they knew me and I knew them, right? We have that thing. So after I lost my job in 2008 as a vice president and started this business, I was in a store, started doing intuitive readings and coaching and the owner had an issue with me and was a very great example of what I'm talking about. And I never really understood her problem with me. Like it never made sense to me. I was accused of doing things I never did. So she would yell uh, this one time. I remember she would yell. Oh, she yelled at me a few times anyways. So she yelled at me, which is really weird in front of people for something I didn't do for something someone else did. 
and she was telling me I was responsible for what the other person did. I was not the other person's superior boss, whatever, but I was the one who should have not allowed this to happen. But the other person was angry at her. Yeah, it was a whole stew of like female issues, okay? And here I am, all right, I said, I lost my nice six-figure job. And here I was going, oh my God, what did I get into? So I didn't leave. Old me would have left like, okay, I do not need to deal with this, excuse me, crazy bitch. (laughs) That was what went through my mind at the time. I'm being honest, right? I'm not holding back here. Because of course, these are things I don't want to admit to, but I'm admitting because you know what? We all have to. Otherwise, we are not going to rule the world, ladies. I kind of, again, say that facetiously. But anyways, I was afraid at that time. And I went, you know what, Tracy? You usually would leave. So you're not going to leave. You're going to stay and you're going to do this because you're starting a business, even though I really didn't see it that way at the time. I saw it as a way of survival. And I didn't really want to do retail work. And I was doing that too. Like I was doing three different things to try and make a living at that point. The owner's mother also worked there and said, what I did was a tough thing to do. And not a lot of people are that strong. And of course I took that and went, okay, I did the right thing. But it took a long time for me to grow through this. And I ended up helping this person who had yelled at me clean up the mess that the other person had left, which is beside the point. It was more about me swallowing this part of my ego that would get highly defensive and would be like, fuck you. So I instead was, what can I learn from this? And what I learned was no matter what you do, sometimes you're still going to be judged, but that doesn't mean you have to react or act in a way that creates a bigger problem or personalize it. Okay. And it was unfortunate, like this whole place, it ended up uh, failing at some point. I left there um, after a couple of years because it was crazy. It was batshit crazy. And (laughs) and because it wasn't the only time that happened, it happened at other times. I was accused of things I never said, never did. It was one of those uh, situations where you feel like you're having an out-of-body experience and you're just watching things and going, wow. I am not even a part of this and I am being accused of things and judged for things that I had no part in whatsoever. So, and that happens a lot. I know it does because I've seen it happen. This to me was the most blatant aspect of having a bunch of women working in this place and how they just couldn't get along because it started at the top. So, it basically fit in with everything I thought of women and how nutty and jealous they were. And at the time I thought, wow, we just as women, man, it is a hard, hard thing to come together. No camaraderie since most of the women left under shitty circumstances. I was one of the last to leave. And when I left, it was ugly too. You know, the owner went off and that point I pretty much stood my ground and I was done with the abuse and underhanded bullshit but it took me a long time to trust myself enough to trust other women a long time. And I thought they were all out to screw me. I have all women pretty much except for one guy working for me. So I have a team of seven people and one's a guy (laughs) and everybody else is a female. So here's the thing. It did not matter 
that their intention, you know, was whatever it was, right? Like in this situation, didn't matter. It's that you always have the choice and I have the choice whether I want to be dragged under somebody else's bullshit or not. I had to take care of my own bullshit. And that is what the point of all of my episodes come back to is you taking care of your own bullshit and how that impacts your relational dynamics with other people in the workplace after you've dealt with your own self-doubt. Because I don't believe self-doubt is the future for women. So what's the solution? It's all about you always, as you know. And you want to connect with more females. So let's connect with more females, right? Who are headed toward leading this world. So how do you connect with more women? Well, it's not about I'm going to join this networking group because I don't know that that's necessarily the best way because there's always a dogma attached to that. And I'm not saying it's a negative thing. I think that they serve their purpose. But for the purpose of really connecting with other women, it's to be open. Most of us are closed up in judging ourselves and other people. You're walking into a room. Did I dress right? Do I look okay? What are they going to think of my outfit? I mean, come on. They have, what do they do with celebrity women, right? It's always, oh, look what she wore. I can't believe that. So it happens everywhere, okay? Let's not deny that. And I like honesty. So I share a lot of this on LinkedIn. I I really do. Um, Because I really feel it's the underbelly of what we're not looking at. And the reason being is that most of us think the other person needs to open a door for us. We think someone else should be in charge of connecting with us rather than us taking the risk and reaching out and connecting. I'm not saying, uh, hey, okay, I send LinkedIn invitations or I don't. That has very little to do with it. That's not what I'm talking about. To actually be open and not judging and not having a shield of any sort is pretty much an amazing thing to do, I believe, as a woman. That takes a lot of self-confidence. And to be open is not confidence because I have skills. It's confidence because I breathe. So the other part of opening that door and walking through it is that you do not find you know, the excuses for why it's hard, the stories of what's happened in the past or why you can't do it, or you knew no one would be interested in you or whatever kind of story. Again, don't let it deter you. That's a story in your head that is looking for evidence. You don't need to give it evidence. Okay. Our minds are used to coming up with this all the time. Notice all day long, how many different stories do you have in your head about different things? Not necessarily about this topic, but any topic. Look at your stories. You want to diffuse your stories because they're not true most of the time. They're cherry picked from past experiences, other people's experiences, what society says, your own bias, all of this kind of crap wrapped up into a story where it limits you and it limits what you will do. So don't let that deter you. Like for me, I always saw myself as more introverted. So it definitely was difficult for me to open myself and stay on target when it came to how other women saw me because how women saw me was not true. And it's basically still not true. People see you as they see through their own filters. You have no ability to change how filters, you know, how somebody uses filters because you have to look at your own filters, right? So you want to look at your stories because they do drive your filters and and what drives your stories, your beliefs, your rules, they always do. And you want to look at your patterns that support the stories. How can you disrupt a pattern? If you need help with this, of course, I am here. You can check out my beautiful website. The business programs are on the site and we also custom make them for you, for your team, for your entire company. We do that. So, but 
I always say start with you because I think that's the best place to start. So I am your secret weapon, by the way. All right. So wake up statement one more time. It is not about being charitable. It's about being confident enough to hold the door open for others and not let the door hit you or the other woman in the ass. You have a right to empowerment. You have a right to feel empowered. It's not just about doing the hard things with work. It's about doing the hard things and getting past your own BS stories of how you think things are to looking at other possible truths. Thank you. And if you're interested in learning more about myself and my programs, you can email business at tracycrossley.com. And the website is tracycrossley.com. Tracy with no E and Crossley with an E. Okay, you guys, you take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Power of Me. For more information or to learn about Tracy's programs, please email business at tracycrossley.com. That's business at tracycrossley.com. Music.